It's time for the What in the Podcast. Carol Malone is a forensic scientist and paranormal reality TV personality who started her journey in the field of the paranormal in 1998, where she worked with TAPS, also known as Ghost Hunters, in 2001 on the Northern State Hospital. She's also a graduate from criminal profiling through Homeland Security and earned her IMDb for the Paranormal After Party. She's also developed something called a psychic mind machine, and we're going to talk about that with her tonight. Welcome to episode 82 of What in the Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello, welcome to What in the Podcast. How's all you doing tonight? Yay. I am upright and mobile. <laughs> I am upright. I don't know how mobile I am, but no, I'm upright. I'm not too mobile either. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm mobile because I got new medication for the nerve pain, so yay! Well, I'm not too mobile because work is breaking my back. I've been waking no. up in the morning with some severe back pain. It gets better once I start moving around, but it's I can barely move when I get up in the mornings. And me, I can't sleep. I find a comfortable position and I start to fall asleep and then the pain, the shooting pain starts and I rearrange and then more pain in a different place. So there's no happy medium for my body right now, apparently. No. But that's not what we're here tonight. Nope. We're here to talk about fun stuff. Yep. We actually, we have an interview tonight with a uh, woman by the name of Carol Malone. Yay. She has an organization she runs called FPI Unsolved, which stands for Forensic Paranormal Investigation. Um, basically what she's doing is she is applying forensic science to ghost hunting. And it's awesome. And it is awesome. It was, the interview was fascinating, fun, thought provoking. And we hope you enjoy it. The whole gambit. Yeah. It was a great interview. It it was informative. It was eye opening Mm -hmm. and inspiring and infectious. (laughs) And for those who are listening, who don't have the uh, the psychic ability or the intuition or something like that, she's got something for you too. Yeah, and she'll uh-huh. explain it in her, She explains it all in the interview, and we are fascinated. Uh-huh. We, we want to try it out. At least two of us do. <laughs> Third one's not so sure, but he's he's starting <laughs> to warm up to the idea. Um. <laughs> But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about last week's episode, particularly in the cold open. If you were listening just before I start talking in the opening, I heard a voice on the recording. It sounded to me, it sounded like a young girl saying hi. So, folks, if you go back and listen to that, listen very closely. You know, in our intro, after you hear the spider sound, when I start talking just before that, there's that little voice. Just listen for it. I'm sure you'll hear it. 
I was really excited because I, I heard that. It's like, I got an EVP on the podcast recording. So I think, uh, that was just totally awesome for me. <laughs> that's, that's a paranormal I, I, podcaster's I listen, dream. I, I listened as best I could, but at the same point, I had a cat trying to tell me that she wanted in my room to pick on me instead of staying in the room with her little boy to pick on him. Well, cats do as cats do. Yes. But, but yeah, if you get a chance, go back and listen to that episode. Just if you don't want to listen to the whole episode, that's fine. But listen to the beginning for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Just just to catch that. I heard it. I can't tell where it came from, but I heard it. What did you think of it when you heard it? It sounds like a little girl saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> An actual little girl. It sounds like a little girl. It doesn't sound like a woman or a boy or a man. It sounds like a little girl saying hi. Just further confirmation, we got something in the house. Probably. Does well, it? The I ghost did, in the machine? I got that recording of the, <laughs> of the laughter upstairs. Yep. Which too bad I couldn't save at the time, but... It, I think to, in order to I save something like that, you have there. to pay for that app. Yeah. Which, which no, I, we're no. good. <laughs> if I want to record, I think I'll just use... Uh, Anchor? Use Anchor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems Let's to work. Hey. <laughs> go ghost hunting with my phone on the Anchor app. There we go. Anyway, enough <laughs> rambling. You guys got anything you want to say before we get started? Enjoy the interview and uh, feedback from everybody is always welcome. <laughs> oh, speaking oh. of feedback, that does remind me. Okay. Um, go ahead and say what you were going to say first. Never mind. No, go ahead. I forget. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, earlier in the week, I entertained the idea of doing a call-in show for one of our episodes. Um. For people who are listening who are interested, what I am talking about is something, I, I said like Art Bell Coast to Coast, but I'm thinking more along the lines of something similar to uh, a... to Jim Harold's campfire. What he does is he gets these people who are interested in telling their stories, gets their information, and contacts them. them during the podcast and lets them tell the stories. We can start a Facebook room for most of yeah, the Yeah, we don't really have the capability for a phone line to do this. And we're but, not giving our personal numbers out. Right. We could get a toss-away phone for something like that, though. But in the, in the interim, Sorry. <laughs> in the interim, if anyone is interested in being on the show to tell any story they want to tell, I don't care what it is personally, uh, just like to hear a good story. If uh, you have a story you want to tell, contact me on my Facebook page or at What in the Podcast Facebook group. Let me know that you're interested and I'll get you hooked up and we'll get you on for story night. Yep. Sounds like fun. I thought it was a good idea. We could also start a, can you do a Facebook uh, uh, in in the group? Can you start a, uh, like a chat through the group or does it have to be through our personal pages? That's well, you my you can do a chat through, uh, through the messenger app. No, but through our group, through our Facebook group. That's what I'm asking her. Does it have to be through a personal? Like, I, 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 don't I call know. Tracy. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will say one thing, though. If we do it, if we if we were to set it up as a group, I think it might get a little crowded. No, we invite certain people on their specific time to tell their story. And they, it doesn't have to be like a roundtable, but we can set it up as group uh through our Facebook page and people who are interested can drop us a line through our Facebook page and let us know that they're interested and what day and time we'll give them set, set days and times. And, you know, we can, we can do the interviews after work or whatever, and then set it up for the, 
when we do our three together mm-hmm. podcast and we can compile them. Definitely. We will say that so weird. I don't know, but we will, <laughs> we will figure it out. Uh, but in the meantime, like I said, if you have an interest in talking to us and telling your stories, we're all for it. Like I said, it doesn't matter what the story is. Um, we appreciate it if it's a paranormal story, but if you got something you just want to talk about, we're all ears. Um, just go ahead and uh, message me on messenger or to the Facebook group, leave a post, tell me that you're interested, make sure I've got your name and your contact information and we'll get you hooked up for that episode. In the meantime, I think we've rambled enough. Uh, we're set rambled enough. Well, we've all rambled here. Seven minutes at seven and a half minutes into the podcast, and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> As won't we do? Let yes. Me answer your question. It's like we can only do a room, not a not a. Uh, we, we'd be able to set up a room to do with um, and you have than, to and or live video and add people in one at a time. Yeah, that's going to be a little time consuming. I think my plan would probably work yeah. best for now. Um, probably. So anyway, well, let's. We can't, but we can't do it through the group, right? Or not, we? not. Yeah. The, yes, we not can. in the way you, that we were talking about. Doing okay. It. Anyway, let's get on with the show. <laughs> Everybody's wanting to hear from Carol Malone, so let's go right to it. Here's Carol. We're here tonight with Carol Malone from FPI Unsolved. Hi, Carol. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Um, so what is FBI Unsolved? Well, FBI was actually created um, about 14 years ago. Um, I had, I'm sorry, about 12 years ago. I apologize about that. My no um, son had been murdered. And I put myself through school for death investigation, basic pathology. The place where he was murdered, they didn't, their police department was so underfunded that they didn't have any way to test the gun. They didn't have fingerprint powder. I'd ride with more equipment, forensic equipment in my car every day than they had. Um, wow. So I swore to myself that I would never let another family go through what I went through. So I devised a team and I truly believe that the dead have a voice. I believe that they can solve their own murder. We just have to learn to listen. And so FPI was created and it's been going strong ever since. Okay. So I guess, I guess we should actually really start with your background, Carol. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Um, I went to school at UND for death investigation, basic pathology. Mm-hmm. I went through Homeland Security for criminal profiling. I decided that working with the live-in was not my cup of tea. They are, and excuse the word, that shit crazy. So <laughs> I decided, I decided that um, we had a DOA. And just the feeling that I got from being able to help the family members on scene was an amazing feeling. I was able to help these people at the worst time in their life get some kind of comfort. I was able to be able to help the deceased and give them the respect they deserve as a human being. So I decided that 
I was going to become a mortician, and that's the way that my life had led. Okay. Um, I just had a question. So I just escaped my head. One morning. <laughs> I never woke up one morning and said, I want to be a mortician. Okay. <laughs> it just kind of, I think that's just the path that I was led upon. Mm -hmm. Now, you, okay. you said you helped the, the dead as well as the living. In, in doing I what did. you did. Um, are you yourself an intuitive? I am not. Um, I get people asking me that all the time. I am a criminal profiler. Mm -hmm. um, so I do pick up on a lot of things. Okay. But it's, I am not psychic. I am not sensitive. I am not intuitive at all. So we're talking um, about criminal minds and ghost whisperer then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, Take CSI and mix them in with ghost hunters, and that's me. Right. Speaking, okay. speaking of which, you actually um, had a stand on ghost hunters, right? I did, actually. Um, well, what it was is I did one case with them, and mm -hmm. that was in Washington State. Um, it was very short. It was just, like I said, it was the time when Brian had his first daughter. I remember that clearly. Okay. Um. And then, of course, I was on the um, paranormal after party for a couple seasons. They brought me in on a case where, and I'll just give a poor example. A lot of times when FBI gets called into the case, which is Forensic Paranormal Investigation, uh -huh. what it is is it's a haunting that is occurred by a homicide, a suicide, something, some type of tragic event that had happened within the building. Um, there was at St. Albans Sanatorium, actually, there was a story that the girl was killed down in the boiler room. Her body had been moved out of there. Now, I'm all for great ghost stories. I really am. I love them. But say, for instance, you get a call and you have to go to a, a hospital that used to be a wayward mother's home back in the 40s and 50s, right? Mm -hmm. And the story goes, great aunt Jenny was sent to the Wayward Mother home, and after she had the baby, they took it. She couldn't handle it anymore, so she put her wrist and killed herself in her bedroom. Okay, that's a really great ghost, ghost story. You get an A for effort there. But how do we know that actually occurred? Yeah. Right. So what we do is we go in. I don't want to know what room it was. I don't want to know anything about it. We go in and we use everything the police would use, depending on the substrate, whether it's luminol, Hungarian red, amino black, um, whichever it is for that substrate. And we're going to see if we can't pull the blood. Once we pull the blood, we go full on paranormal because we have the evidence showing the documentation first off, showing that, yes, this person was sent there. Yes, she had a baby. And then we have, yes, she died there. And then we have the forensics showing beyond a shadow of a doubt, this room has blood. Now, we're going to decap it. And when we decap it, we can tell if it's animal or human right there on site. If it's human, it lends more merit to the story behind the haunting. Right. And then we're going to go full paranormal on it. So if we get our paranormal investigation brings us evidence that coincides with both the forensics and the history, you cannot rip that apart. 
you can't tear apart forensic science anyway. So it's kind of our way of ensuring that the evidence we catch is 100% tangible. Right. So this actually helps to match the story with uh, with actual evidence, which it does. gets the ball rolling, basically. Absolutely. And it does lend more merit to the fact of, you know, say if you're sitting and you're doing a ghost box session or you're doing um, real-time EVPs or whatever you're doing, um, and we know that the girl's name is Mary that killed herself, and we, we have it on document, we know which room it's in, and one of the investigators asked, you know, can you tell me the name, of, can you tell me what happened in this room, and you get back with suicide, or a word like that, okay, well, that coincides. And then you get back with the name Mary, and it coincides. Okay. That is the spirit telling you what is going on. As I believe that the human consciousness can guide us into what happened in some of the most famous cold cases out there. Like I said, we just have to have the tools in order to follow the trail. Okay. So it sounds like it sounds like you're you're basically just gathering your evidence to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then you do your session, and that you know whatever you get, whatever hits you get there, or adding on to it and, and corroborating what you've already discovered. Correct. So yeah, it sounds it sounds fascinating, and uh, it, yeah. it lends it merit. Uh huh. Is what it. Right, well, Tracy, what do you got? What do you have to say about it? First off, I wish that my kid was here because she's been talking about doing something akin to what you're doing now. So <laughs> I think she has a lot more questions. But I'm excited because um, what, what it sounds like is is not only are you taking the time to to do a basic criminal investigation while you're there, correct? You you correct then proceed in with the, the you know basic spiritual investigations. You're getting solid answers that are proving <laughs> at least by in my opinion, two points of science saying this is what happened and here's facts, not fiction. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we um we actually just started teaching at Piedmont Technical College. Um my goal in this whole thing is to get every team out there using forensic science or some type of science into this field. Because I've been in the field for so long that it's getting stifled. We need a new point of view. And I believe Mm -hmm. that with the science point of view, because science absolutely does believe in paranormal phenomena. It's documented all over the place. People just don't term it the same as they do in the science field as they do in the paranormal field so things get kind of heated but it's the exact same thing um so we're trying to um teach people how to do what we do and we never charge them anything because Mm -hmm. i think in order to better this field people have to be able to move forward in the advances of taking it to the next step And in order to do that, 
you have to have everybody on board. So we believe yes. that if we could help the field, if we could help teams move forward, we help the field move forward, which benefits everybody. I couldn't agree more with that. So I, know, I keep I keep being at a loss here. <laughs> well, I, I just wish that that more people stop putting the stigma between the two. Okay. And yeah. If the facts are there and it's just under a different label, why not summarize the label? <laughs> well, or summarize exactly. Labels. I mean, it's all the same terminology. For instance, in the medical field in science, um, you know what you guys call an intelligence is what the science field calls human consciousness, the energy of human consciousness. Mm -hmm. which we can prove in science beyond a shadow of a doubt that after bodily death, the human consciousness remains. That's why when mm -hmm. you're a mortician, you cannot perform an autopsy for anything 24 to 48 hours after death. Because we know that the brain is still functionable, even though that the body mm -hmm. is deceased, the all your the pain is still there. Everything's still there. Yeah. So that is actually a law. Being a mortician, that we can't do it. Um, there may be no activity, but neurons are still, or no quote activity, but neurons are still firing. Well, There's no, still, it's still communication ending. That are firing yeah. still. And yeah, so that person still feels pain. Right. Yes. Right. <clears throat> um, what people call the bright white light, right? We've all heard about that being talked about in the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. And with science, we, we call it the death flash. And it is a scientifically proven thing that happens to a body. At the, at the precise moment of death is what we call the death flash. Now, the death flash is the exact same thing as the bright white light. It's just two different terminology. Mm -hmm. And that's where people are getting mixed up. We're not that far different in our processes. We're just different in our terminology. And do you think that's a big conflict right now? I do. And I think I think the reason because it is a big conflict right now is because scientists are the worst ones on the world about somebody stating something appropriately. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If it's a theory, mm -hmm. you call it a theory. If it's a known fact, then it's not a theory. It's just these whole different wordplay games. And so if somebody, like, when the paranormal field calls it the bright white light, scientists are like, well, that's just stupid. It's called the death flash. So it's not really the paranormal field that having the issue. It's the scientific field that is. Right. I mean, basically, they're talking about the same thing. They're just using different terminology. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, they're talking about the exact same thing. Right. Uh, I mean, so, I'm, you know, it's really hard to breach gaps sometimes mm -hmm. and it is scientifically proven at this point i think it was 2019 
that UCLA actually did a study. And we know now with memory, it used to be memory trace theory. It's no longer a theory. It is a scientifically proven fact that memory traces when, when the individual body dies. The human consciousness, which is the memory, everything about it, inflows into our atmosphere at or above the speed of light. This is a scientific fact. Mm -hmm. So when, when it disperses into our atmosphere, it has to connect onto something. So that's where you get um, people that... You know, it could implode into the atmosphere surrounding it. It could implode into an item that was left in the surgical room when the person passed away or wherever they passed away. But mm -hmm. that is no longer a theory. That is scientifically proven at this point. So residuals, well, not so much residuals, but intelligence, what the paranormal field calls intelligence, what science calls human consciousness, is the exact same thing and it's the exact same outcome they just speak it differently so you're talking about the consciousness going into the atmosphere are you, are you yeah. proposing that there is a like a psychic network out there or something as a result of it maybe no what it is is okay think about it this way. everything on our planet has energy correct mm-hmm Okay. Now, the human body is energy. Correct. So, first laws in science, you cannot kill, cannot decimate, cannot recreate energy. It can only transfer from one form to another. Correct. correct? That's mm -hmm. the That's first correct. law of science. Mm -hmm. So, what we believe is at the moment of bodily death, the human consciousness, which is the energy of the brain, that's your um, consciousness is your memories, your all the stuff that makes you you, okay? Whether it be mm -hmm. anger, whether it be happy, whether it be memories, whether whatever it is, inflows into the atmosphere like directly surrounding us. Because even where I'm sitting right now, the atmosphere around me, there is so much energy held in everything that energy mm -hmm. is connected to energy so when energy disperses it's going to disperse into other energy almost like two max so if you have okay. a human being standing um like the doctors and nurses and that energy expelled at the time of bodily death then it going to embed into something surrounding it because the energy needs to connect to energy. Yeah. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, and you're talking about any energy then? Any energy. Okay. So, if... Now, uh, we have had cases where, I mean, think about, like, people with organ... Perfect example. Organ transplant. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have now every cell in your body carries a little bit of that memory trace. Okay, so, I'm not buying that. Mm -hmm. Okay, say you go in and 
you have kidney failure and you get a new kidney, right? Mm -hmm. And you hated pickles. Just hated them. Could not stand them. And you just thought skateboards were the most annoying thing on the planet. You get the kidney and pretty soon you love pickles. You want to skateboard all the time. That's because the memory of that is actually now embedded into your energy, into your DNA. Yeah. We've heard it time and time and time again. Um, they've seen it. It's basically, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it in front of mine who had um, kidney transplant. He he went from being, you know, one aspect of him to this different aspect who's more cautious. It's like sweet, you know. But I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is basically the same thing. That's how we end up with haunted objects. Is that energy, how do I put it very, um, okay, if you have something, what is your favorite thing you own? Okay. Oh, my wife pointed to me. (laughs) (laughs) I dread when I pass away and my, my, dog I've had since I was two years old gets passed in my children. They're gonna know everything is his mom's gonna be there. <laughs> okay, so it's your it's your dog. Now, see this is the thing. Because your energy is already so connected to that energy. Because remember, everything on the planet has energy. Mm-hmm. So it's connected to that energy. So a lot of times what we call energy, what the paranormal field calls Spirit will connect to something that they're partial about. And think about it. If, if you passed away and somebody came and your dog ended up at a flea market or somewhere and somebody bought it, wouldn't you be mad? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about it like that. Just because the body dies does not mean the consciousness does. <laughs> yeah. The conscious, consciousness may, may have dispersed a bit, but you're... <laughs> What what you have imprinted on something else is still going to be there. Yeah, I get that. I do. Correct. So you're basically, and that's how we end up with haunted items. Like I was going to say that. Yeah, in. yeah, haunted items, yeah, haunted dolls, dolls, objects, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I hate dolls. By the way, after Doll Island, <laughs> I will not have a doll in my house ever. I don't blame you. That's a oh, freaky, that was a freaky looking, place. looking place. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was seriously contemplating like because they drop you off in a boat and come back the next morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I was seriously like I would swim off this island right now. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I will take my chance with a crocodile. Well, definitely, and it's like you said, it's it's not just the dolls themselves, but it's the attachment. These dolls, a lot of them have some sort of energy attached to them. They have to. Oh yeah, it is extremely just. By far, hands down, the creepiest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have been there then? Oh yeah, I would never go back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I can't say I blame <laughs> you at all. Not enough money. Mm-hmm. But no, that was that was. I I don't ever need to go back. I don't ever need to look at pictures. I don't ever need to see another doll ever. That's fair. That's fair. I can get behind that. Yep. I would probably have the same reaction she's having. 
I don't I don't even mess with the collectibles my grandparents saved for me for when I was a kid. Yeah, they're still sitting in a box. They're still sitting in a box above <laughs> my closet. Not in the closet, above my closet. Like, He's like, these are creepy dolls. Yeah. They're they're from all over the world. My my family used to travel and then they bring me and my cousin stuff home. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm done. And and now they're staying in a box. Like I said, teddy now that now they're in a box you know, upstairs in the closet, slowly above getting angrier every probably. day. Oh, I'm sure they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna wake up and Chucky gonna be standing beside her bed. <laughs> Uh, if that happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to to the husband next to me and make the doll go after him instead. <laughs> no, but I don't have any attachment to that doll. You do it. It's all you. Yeah, my parents and my grandparents. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So we're trying our best to get more forensics and more science into the field of the paranormal. That's our goal. Have you had much luck with that? Actually, believe it or not, when our classes sign up, we actually are going to start doing the classes online at the same time we do them at Piedmont Tech because we have had such an outpour of people that we literally are able to take it to online classes now. So people that aren't in South Carolina can still go to the classes. And these classes, are, are they geared toward more forensics then, or do they? They are. They are absolutely geared toward forensic science in the paranormal field. They're geared towards um, how to properly handle luminol or Hungarian red or amino black, what substrates. I mean, if you walk into a museum, you're not going to use Hungarian red because it's a dyeing agent. And you're going to mess up the museum. Right. Um, Luminol, you got 30 seconds to catch that picture. That's it. So what we try to do is we we try to teach them how to use forensic equipment and science in on a case so their evidence can't be torn apart. Okay. That is our goal. I think that's a pretty pretty nifty goal. What do you think, dear? She nods. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just thinking, you know, you're saying, talking about Luminol, I'm like, you just debunked like three TV shows I watched back to back, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what TV shows did you watch? I um, think they all start with the letter CSI. <laughs> no, no, I watched Gotham uh, and something else. I was half asleep because of, of my, my headache, but it was. What was it again, Tracy? Gotham, and and there are two other things. I think it's better, but another Gotham. But they, you know, they they go through there and turn on the black light, and it's luminol. No, it's been bleached. Like you can't. It's, it's luminol has a thirty second half or lifetime. Oh. How do you know? <laughs> ah. Yeah, this is the thing. TV is TV, you know. Yes. And I get the fear factor of it. I get that. Now a lot of people and. You know, they, this is, I'm giving away some great suggestions. Anyways, what it does is people think that by cleaning up blood with bleach or whatever, you're going to get rid of it. You're actually not. You're just dying it. We can still pull it. We can pull blood up to 200 years. We've done it. Um, we actually had a case last year in Texas 
that we solved, a paranormal case that we had solved. And it was from 1864, slave days. Okay. And we were able to solve it. We were able to find the weapon that was used. And we were able to actually find the bullet, which I still have. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Cool. We'll see so, that. We'll see that on an investigative uh, show. <laughs> it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's kind of like it's exactly like CSI meets the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, that's the best way you can. Now that's a show I watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see about if she wants to post her class information so people can sign up on our website. We'll get there. I know. No problem. <laughs> so, Carol, you got a couple morgue stories that you wanted to talk to us about, maybe? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, there's a saying in the, when you're a mortician, dead is dead. That's what all the morticians say. We're like, dead is dead. They're not coming back. Okay, that is a straight-up lie. Okay? <laughs> now, morticians are probably the most evil people when it comes to our <laughs> interns that you will ever meet in your life. We actually, I'll tell you two different stories. One is just a freaky story. The other is how our internships, I don't know how they did, how they made it through. Um, we have this joke that we pull on every intern. And what we do is we send them to the morgue. We say, we have, we have a coroner call. We need you to go pick up. And so we'll send them to the morgue and to have them brought back. Well, we'll have one of our staff members lay on a gurney in a body bag. And we'll say, well, you need to drop this one off, pick up the other one, and bring it back. Which is not uncommon when you work at a morgue. I was going to say, I've heard, heard this before. before. So, <laughs> I think I've heard this before. Don't the... Don't like paramedics do this with each other sometimes too. If they have to move bodies or something. I think it's just a rite of passage for anybody for who anybody deals with the dead. In the morgue. <laughs> well, we used to have we used to have our one of our employees sit up on the person mm -hmm. until we had somebody wreck the car into a tree. <laughs> and oh, then God. we were made to oh. doing that. We made us stop doing that because we had to call another coroner van in. You pick up the actual dead body <laughs> you know, and the two employees to the hospital. So we were made to keep doing that. I was going to say, you don't want the guy who's pretending to be dead to actually become dead. <laughs> Ooh, but we do stuff like that all the time. I mean, we are just the most macabre people you will probably ever meet in your life. I'm not surprised. But, I think it takes a certain level of macabre to, to work in, in a job such as that. Oh, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the freakiest things that ever happened to me, like I said, morticians always have the saying, the dead, the dead stay dead. They don't come back. That is so not true. Mm -hmm. um, we were picking up, we had a one-year-old little boy that had a very, very, very rare brain cancer. And he had deceased. So we sent him to the coroner to do the autopsy. Now, when we do autopsies, all the organs come out and your organs go into almost like it, not a hefty bag, but it resembles a hefty bag. Okay. okay. Uh -huh. um, we put your organs back in you after we do the coroner repair at the funeral home when we do the embalming and stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I get the call. It's the heights of the fentanyl. It's the heights of the corona. Me and Stephanie are the only ones working. So we were working long hours. And I had to go pick up this little boy and bring him back and get him ready for his viewing. So the coroner, the medical examiner, I'm sorry, he's sitting there holding the baby, right? And we always try to keep them in little cute blankets and, you know, try to show them as much respect as we can. I have the baby's organ in my hand, in the bag. This baby opened its eyes and cried. And I don't mean like a wham, I mean full on cried. I dropped the hefty bag. I thought she was going to throw the baby. I told her, I said, look, I am not putting that baby in my car. I will send somebody back for it. I had never in my life been so scared. Well, I mean, I've heard I've heard of bodies doing involuntary things like sitting up, um, you know. Oh, well, of course. But this wasn't an involuntary. This wasn't just like a wham. This was a full-on three-minute, like a baby was hungry cry. But this baby was oh deceased, right? Oh yeah, I had right. its organs in a bag in my hand. That's got to be <sighs> some paranormal heart, stuff. Liver, yeah, everything was in the bag in my hand. Yeah, that's definitely got to be some paranormal no stuff. That even on an involuntary at that time, with that day baby being five days deceased, even with the involuntary. It no muscles would have moved. Though. There is no rhyme or reason for that to happen. It is oh. physically impossible. Oh. Well, then, I'm sorry. That's a little tough to explain. Then <laughs> that, that, that's got goosebumps. Yeah. So little to say, I I sent an intern to pick up the baby because there was no way I was going back. Yeah. Because yeah. if that baby would have opened its eyes and cried in the back of my car, I would have wept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't blame you a bit. <laughs> I'd have wrecked too. <laughs> but, um, Think about wreck here. We have a lot of things. Um, a lot of just bizarre things. Things that can't be explained away. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the cooler doors, when you shut the body drawers, not the big cooler, but the body drawers. Right. If you're inside of one of those, you can't get out. It's a one-way latch. One-way latch. Right. Um, We have put bodies in the body drawer, well, number 12 body drawer, like four or five times. And we thought it was a steel problem. We thought it was popping due to the steel. So they came and they fixed it. And um, each time the body would be, not just the door wouldn't be open, but the whole rack would be pulled out. And it takes a lot of force to pull those racks out. Those are not easy. It's metal wheels on metal. Mm -hmm. It isn't easy to pull them, especially with heavy bodies on them. Dead weight. So um, we just stopped using 12 altogether. Yeah. And we were like, no, not dealing with it. Well, now I got to yeah. ask, did you ever hear any pounding from inside? Yeah. Uh, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, I did an episode for Haunted Hospital, uh-huh. and it'll be coming up. Um, and that's what it's all about is, I mean, it just was insanity. Now, we did have 
a woman that wasn't dead knock on the inside of the cooler door. Um, um, but that was the, that was the medical doctor's fault because he's the one that pronounced her dead. Okay, that's so, understandable. That not our <laughs> that's understandable. This is the horror stories we've heard of and they've heard of about the one that died in her coffin back in the what, 1700s. Yeah, 1600s. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, this woman, they they told us was, you know, she had passed away. They gave us the time of death. We went and picked her up. And she was actually in a coma. Well, this was before I started. So this is a secondhand story. I wasn't actually okay. there. Mm-hmm. But they turned around and they kept hearing a faint help me and knocking on one of the doors. And when they opened it, she was standing there. She was alive. Now, granted, she had a heart attack an hour after, but. (laughs) See, this is why you have to have a morbid sense of humor on the job. It happens. That's crazy stuff. So, now you also, we were talking about haunted objects earlier. You collect those, right? I, well, I didn't start out, well, they, I think they collect me. I did. That's fair to say. Okay. I never start out, started out to have a haunted object. I did not wake up and say, I think I want to start collecting haunted objects. Because when Johnny's office started his, I had a child's coffin that Johnny wanted pretty bad. And mine come to me from cases. Um, I have well over a hundred. That's a um, lot of stories right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the new recent ones, actually, I have an urn, an ass urn. Well, it's a nun's urn, actually, from the 1900s. I have a Tibetan skull. I don't know if anybody out there knows what that is. It's a human skull with like jewels on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason they put jewels on it, I don't know. Um, then I have the tears that came out of the occult purse. Are three of my, well, and the voodoo doll. But those are my three items that give me the most problems. Okay. Okay. Um, so. The voodoo doll. When I got it, nobody ever uses my front door. They always come through my kitchen. So I went to take my shepherd out for the bathroom before me and my sister were going to leave to go get Starbucks. And I seen these two wood voodoo dolls sitting on there. And it has a note on it. And I did post it on my Facebook page. And it says, since we've gotten these three members of our family have died. I didn't think anything of it. I just wanted Starbucks. So I pick them up and I never put my objects, like any new object that comes into my house, I'll isolate because I don't know what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So I pick them up. I put them in the isolation room. Um, 20 minutes later, it landed me straight in the emergency room. Wow. Dang. I was so sick. Um, we came to find out that it is a blood curse. Um, it is a hoodoo, literal voodoo doll. Okay. Um, so we did have a glass stage and encased into church glass. Okay. Um, and, and people are just dropping these on your doorstep? I'm sorry? And people are just dropping these off on your doorstep? 
Yeah. Wow. They do. I have people that will leave them. I mean, I get calls all the time for stuff. I had um, some lady decided she wanted to collect um, post-mortem pictures. And she framed them and everything went to hell in a handbasket. So she called us. And I mean, she was literally getting like blisters from that. Oh, what is the disease from years ago? Arsenic? Uh, where you put all them blisters on your body. Plague? Uh, uh, <laughs> That's pretty general. <laughs> uh, no, you want to take blisters. Like Leprosy. Leprosy, exactly. Okay. And I'm like, oh, no, this word. Things fall off on you. She started getting blisters all over her body, so of course, he contacted us and we went and got him. And when when we took him out, her blisters healed and now she's fine. Um, that once again is that that energy connection. People don't understand how powerful an energy connection can be and how far back it goes. And that's why it's extremely dangerous sometimes when somebody goes out and they say, oh, well, I want to own a haunted item. I'm all for that because some of the haunted items out there are absolutely antique and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you need to know the story behind it or you're going to end up in yeah. trouble like a lot of people do. Because energy, the ones from the occult church where the blood sacrifice was done on the pulpit, those ones, I mean, people cannot even sit in them or get near them. Um, my sister sat in one and it literally started smoking. Hmm. We had it on video. Um, it'll make you extremely sick to the point of you just want to lay on the floor and die. That's sick. Now, so I don't think anybody near them. Now, how did you find out that, the, that this... Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Carol. It's just because I figured I have to be responsible. Uh-huh. So that's why I tell everybody when they walk in my house, do not just pick up things. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Sensible precaution. So, and the real nasty stuff is encased in encased in, in anyway. All right. So they can't get to it. Now, how, how did you find out that there was a blood ritual involved with the, with the doll? Well, we took it in. And there's only one shop out here that handles who you visit. And it's actually from the Dogman tribe in Congo. Okay, we knew this guy because that's where I'll get my lavender or my white sage, you know, for my stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I went in there, this was after I'd gotten out of the hospital, I guess about a week and a half later, because I keep sage in with this thing. I don't, like, when I dust, I won't even touch this thing. I will dust around it. Um, that's how scared I am of it. Okay. Okay. But we went in there and he, the guy looked at me, I was buying the sage and he looked at me and he said, did they ever drop those voodoo dolls off? And I was like, excuse my language, (laughs) you know, but I was like, Oh my God. So I asked him, I said, well, can I ask you, why you told him to bring him to my house? He goes, well, I wasn't going to have him in my store. And I'm like, oh, so take him to that lady's house with the hearse. 
right? <laughs> Thanks um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> drop him at his door. That makes sense. Totally. And he said, he said what had happened was um, they had some people come from the Congo here for school. And their blood ritual, it's chicken blood. It's not human. So nobody panicked. They didn't like go out and find somebody and sacrifice them. But right. they did sacrifice the chickens. Okay. But we sacrifice them when we make chicken alakine all the time. That's true. It's standard yeah. practice. I understand. Okay. So he told me, and they had the actual blood sacrifice that went with it written down with some chicken blood on it. He goes, well, they left this here. Do you want it? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> you didn't want the doll. Why would you want that? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I want this? You know? So the guy stages it and burns it. And I'm like, you know what? This is crazy. But that's how we found out exactly what this doll had been through. Um, so when you start collecting and when people start to find out, well, I wouldn't even say collecting because I don't want to collect. Right, when, right. when people find out that you handle stuff like this, they naturally tend to start with, oh, well, she'll take it, you know? So but they, you have to be real careful because you don't know what kind of energy you're getting. Right. So they're just basically coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, basically. Uh -huh. That's exactly what's happened. Um, I have actually, like right now, I have two debit boxes being sent my way. Two what? Two Dybbuk boxes. Oh, Dybbuk. I didn't hear the, I didn't hear what she said, Dybbuk. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, we're familiar with the Dybbuk uh, box. We know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Yeah. So, now those I will not keep. I will go ahead and ship them to um, Pastor Jeffrey Leaker who is an exorcist for the Catholic church. Okay. Um, just because I won't keep anything of that magnitude in the house. Mm -hmm. I understand. So yeah, I'll yeah. go around and ship them off. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> not, not, you know, not no. for that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah, no, I have enough with the doll. I don't want to deal with the box. Yeah. Now, have you ever had uh, an attached object that, was friendly did anything uh, beneficial or helpful for you no i have a bunny one though does that count <laughs> depends on what the bunny did i guess <laughs> it's a funny one. Oh, a funny one i thought you said bunny i'm sorry yeah no go ahead it's, yeah. not a bunny. it's actually it's um what it is is it an old silver 18th century silver candle holder. You know how they used to walk around the house mm -hmm. with the candle. Yeah. Remember? Yep. They have them in all the old movies, you know, this the silver, it almost looks like a dish with the thing on it and a candle. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I have one of those and the thing is funny because when it like gets dark, it almost looks like that there's a candle there when you're walking through the living room. So it's like it will light your way. I mean it's hilarious. Doesn't have it any, wants to work still. <laughs> right. It doesn't have any bad feeling to it whatsoever. It's actually very helpful. You know? I wonder oh. what would happen if you get, were to give it a candle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably light the candle. 
it's not an actual candle that's in it. It's one of those plastic ones with the, you know, you turn on the bottom. The electric candle, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I didn't want candle wax to melt all over it. And it gets hot get here it. in the south. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we use them at our house all the time, yeah. What? So, But it's the hilarious. I mean, that's, other oh, yeah. than that one, I mean, I only have three here that I would be, well, four that I would be seriously, if anything happened to me, they would end up going to a church. Um, the others aren't real nasty, but they, like, Kevorkian's, Kevorkian's bottle of medicine, his probation badge and his medical card, they'll make sense? you a little lightheaded, but they're not going to make you sick. Yeah. Okay. You've got some interesting so, things there. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have letters from a he, everybody knows who the occult leader um, Jer Jimmy Jones was, right? Yep. Jimmy Jones? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have a letter that he had actually written to one of his victims. Not like she didn't die, she survived. But he wrote a letter to her. And I will actually post it on my Facebook wall. Okay. Um, he wrote a letter to her. And since she got the letter, just all kinds of Horrible things that happened to her. Um, she ended up in the hospital more than out. She needed blood transfusion. I mean, it was bad. So she was like, well, can you take it? And so she shipped it to me. And so now I have that letter encased with the evil doll. So, and I hate to call it evil because I know it's just energy. Mm -hmm. But in all fairness, yeah, it really scares the snot out of me. Right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, just things like that. I have a half a case full of serial killer stuff. Yeah. And this stuff is is given to you, or do you find yeah. it on on cases or things like that? Do you? Uh, no, a lot of no. They're all they're all called. Okay. Um, people will contact me. And say, hey, I have this item. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go pick up a doll, which always goes to my sister's house. And I don't even let it ride in the car. It has to ride in the trunk. Just because I hate dolls. Um, but I never know what's coming. You know, yeah. every day is like a new surprise. <coughs> that must be. That must make your life pretty interesting on a day-to-day -day basis, I imagine. It makes it hectic. Yeah. <laughs> what it does. Keep it keeps on you it. on your toes. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> oh, this is crazy Kira stuff. Kira thought I was busy with, you know, nannying and house and, yeah. No, she's got you beat, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> what? Oh, I just told Tracy she that you had her beat on the uh, on the hectic stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you some of these things. But I always tell people, you know, and it's so weird because right now I am working. I made the mind machine, the psychic mind machine, and right now I'm actually working, and it's just in prototype 
but I'm working to see like on an object how much the energy weight that it has been imploded into it versus the energy weight of the human consciousness. So I can gauge how much energy has made it onto that item and at what point and level of energy that makes it onto that item would make it whether it be more of a sustained mellow or whether it be an amped up. Well, that sounds that sounds a lot like the German experiment that you and I were talking about off the air. Yeah, this is all dealing with energy, though. Right, right. I just want to find out how much energy in, inputs into something at time of death. Mm -hmm. And for for our listeners, uh, the 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 subject matter was about um, a, a German experiment where they weighed a body as the as as the person was dying, and there was a noticeable difference in the weight of the body upon death. It was, uh, how much was the weight? 1.3 ounces. What they did was they took everything from a small animal to an elephant, everything from an infant to an elderly person. Mm -hmm. And at precise moment of bodily death, every one of them lost 1.3 ounces. Right. So we believe that that's what the human energy, a.k.a. spirit weighs. It, it was a 10-year-long study done by the Germans. Right, right. So you're applying this toward your, your project for the psychic helmet? Oh, no. The, I'm just trying to be clear, sorry. The, I'm applying this method to objects. To objects in I general. I want to know how much energy at the time of death inflows into a certain item or whatever you may have there in the room and how much inflows into the atmosphere behind around us and why that makes it either a residual or an intelligent. Okay. That's my goal. Now, just starting that process, it's going to be a long road. Right. The psychic mind machine that I created, um, and it's the first time in history, and I'm so proud of this, I'm sorry. No, no, please. <laughs> that a piece of paranormal equipment has ever made it into the science magazine. Awesome. Well, With on, so well, it is a huge deal to me. I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to get into that. I want to take a quick break real quick. Talking about your double negative there, sorry. And uh, <laughs> we'll get back to that as soon as we get back from the break. Processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. So, Carol, with everything you do, are you ever concerned about bringing something home yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and have you? Oh, yeah. I have. I've, um, I mean, I've literally had my world turned upside down by these things. And, you know, now I take a little bit more precaution. When I first started um, having people give me items, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't set out to get these things. This isn't something I wanted in my world. And um, 
I've had, I've literally had my life turned up down, upside down. I've had cars explode. I've had, I mean, horrible things. My mother had a massive stroke. Um, I mean, just horrible things that were attached around me. And it wasn't just like a one thing. It was like one thing happened. The next day it happened, 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 happened. It just went on for like months and months. And um, then I had the blessing done and everything calmed down. Um, I get very worried. That's why I always isolate any uh, any new object that comes into my house. I will isolate. Mm -hmm. If like with the debit boxes, I will not store them. I will not bring them in my house. I turn around and ship them straight to the person. Okay. Um, just because I went through a really that fell with it. Wow. So I, at this point I've learned not to test fate, so to speak. That's understandable. You know, I can, I can see, I can see your life as a television show right now <laughs> yeah. with everything that you talk about, everything that's going on. I can see it happening in my head and it's, it's, it's CSI paranormal, the Chronicles of Carol Malone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this has been a wild journey. Uh, it sounds yeah, like it. So, so tell us about the about the helmet. I want to know a little bit more about that. Mind machine. The mind machine. I'm sorry, it's not a helmet. I keep calling it a helmet, and that's not what it is, is it? <laughs> no, it's no. <laughs> right. Actually, the psychic mind machine. When I first set out to design this, it wasn't meant to be a piece of paranormal equipment. Um. It was actually, I wanted to help slow down Alzheimer's and give those people a few more good years with their family than they might have had. And I wanted to slow down schizophrenia and I wanted to slow down um, the MOAO gene, which is in every serial killer. I wanted to be able to give quality of life back. Okay. And I know being a forensic scientist and death investigator in my, my schooling, I do know that different regions of the brain hold different abilities. For instance, the back region of the brain is where all that is. The MOMA gene, which is in every serial killer known. Now, what gene is that? Uh, I'm sorry. What gene is that? It's the M-O-A-O gene. Okay. Um, so we know schizophrenia. We know even depression. Um, so my goal was because I knew that we could slow down and speed up regions of the brain using the barrier beats and life. So I wanted to work more towards a humanitarian situation and try to slow these down. And just so happened that what I got was the, I was able to manipulate the right side of the brain because scientifically and medically proven, all psychics, sensitive, intuitives, whatever they want to call themselves, because there's so many names out there that I don't mean to insult anybody. I just, there's so many different ones. Um, have slight front, right front brain damage, mobile brain damage, whether it's block of 
lack of oxygen at first, whether it was an accident, whether it was a near death, whatever the case may be, whether they didn't get enough oxygen in the room. We know this scientifically. We can prove this. So what happens when the people get like psychic, sensitive, intuitive, I don't want to leave anybody else. You know, that region of their ability, what happens is the left side of the brain amps up. Almost like if you go deaf, your eyesight gets better. If you go blind, your hearing extends, right. correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the brain. If the right is slowed down, that left will amp up. And that's where all of that psychic, intuitive, creative, all that is. So we find that people with a higher functioning left frontal lobe is prone to have that. So I, in accident, now mind you, I did not set out to do this. It's just kind of, this is how it went type of thing. We slowed down the right region, amped up the left region. And we found that we could give people without psychic sensitive intuitive abilities that they could have them for about 45 minutes to an hour and a half. We were able to bridge that gap. So we had it in a, well, it's now going from, from, um, it's going to be actually able to be bought here in a couple months. It's going into production. But what it is, is we tested it out over 300 times. We have tested it. It is 96% accurate. That's fairly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey, um, Jeremy Jones, I don't know if anybody out there knows who Jeremy Jones is. Great guy. No, I'm not familiar with his Jeremy name. Jones, was, he was at Floss Furnace the very first day the psychic mind machine was ever created to be, ever put on a human, ever. And he was laying back, and we had an army cot, and above him, he was on the machine, and he produced, it had to have been about a three-by-three-foot metal, metal cross hanging above him. Everybody saw it. Um, the data on it has just been astronomical. That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, I wish I lived closer so that I could see this, you know, in person. Because it's so interesting. Um, it is amazing. We have been able to help so many people reach out to their loved ones. Um, the only drawback with this is for some reason, well, there's two drawbacks with it. If you are prone to seizures, it will throw you into a seizure. Um, that is every time, not sometimes. That kind of, that makes a so, kind of sense, actually. Yeah. So we always have to have people sign waivers that go on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have either a nurse or somebody there. Um, just because when you're doing this kind of stuff, you have to be a responsible person for that other person. Um, so we always have somebody there. And the second off, if you're ADHD, what, what has happened or what we have found has happened is 
it doesn't seem like it worked at first. And then about 45 minutes to an hour later, it kicked in. And then okay. it's unbelievable because they actually have more of a, oh, what word am I looking for? They have more of an experience than others do. We had an EMT that was ADHD, and he signed up to be on the mind machine. Because we don't just go take people and throw them on this machine and have the data. I mean, it's very scientifically plotted out. Mm -hmm. um, all data is recorded. I mean, it is very scientific. So he came in, and we were working with um, ADHD, which we know, you know, has blockers in the brain. Well, he was driving home, and a week before that, now mind you, he was a fireman EMT. He was driving home, and his the building that he had just pulled this old woman out a week earlier that was deceased, right? They pulled her out DOA. He was driving by, and he seen her in the front yard, so he panicked a little, and he pulled into the gas station. Okay, because okay. he's trying to get his head about him, like, uh, what did I just see? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. She's on the yard. She's All of in the a back sudden, of the truck. he went. He went to reverse and drive home because his nerves were shot. He's like, "I'm just going home." She was in his back seat. Ugh. He left the truck there and walked home. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm sorry. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he called me and told me I broke his brain. Which I really didn't go to <laughs> Now, in a, in a case like that, is there a lasting effect for a person who's autistic or anything like that? Because I know you said that there was a... ADHD, uh, not autism. Or not autism, but ADHD. Last, we had found that with ADHD, it does last 24 to 48 hours. Okay. And now with a normal brain, it's just like an hour or so, right? It's about 45 minutes to an hour and a half top. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, you're talking about the span that a, that a normal person would experience <laughs> it is the span that someone with ADHD actually has to wait, and then they get the longer period because as a result. That would scare me. It is fascinating. Uh -huh. And what it is, what we believe it is, is because ADHD people have the blockers in their brain, so it's slower. The neurons and trions are firing slower trying to get through those pathways. Which would make sense because that's what ADHD is. Right. So yeah. we're thinking it's just taking a longer course of time to get through the pathway. Pathway. And that's why it's reacting as it does. That's, that's fascinating stuff, actually. Yeah. Very. Now, does it, have you also had success with the Alzheimer patients and such as well with the machine? Uh, we've had a little bit of success the problem we're having is because alzheimer's is in that same kind of group of area where depression is where all those things that are not very nice are you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah. we have found that when we amp that up we also amp up the depression okay mm. I, I could see the drawback um, there so at this point, you know, we're able to go ahead and bring them back for maybe three minutes, but then the depression gets so bad that it overtakes it. 
And they just came back to where they were at to begin with. Correct. That's... It's like reliving it. So we're still working on that at this point. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to take a long time. It, this took 12 years. You know, and this was a mistake. This, we did not set out to turn people psychic. Um, you know, it just so happened that that's the region of the brain that it tapped into. Right. Mm -hmm. it, people think that you can create something in science and it's overnight. It really isn't. It's years upon years upon years upon years of trial and error. Era, study. And whatnot, um, yeah. It's a lot. Uh -huh. And it's never ending. It's not like you can put it in a drawer for six months and go back to it. It is Constant. 12 years straight. Well, as far as happy yeah. accidents go, I find this one fascinating. Yes. Well, you know, I love it because <clears throat> think about it. You didn't get, people didn't get to say goodbye to their loved ones, correct? Right. Yes. A psychic or psychic sensitive, intuitive, they, you know, people call them so they can reach that loved one because they have such a void in their life. They need that closure. And because of this, if I can give that individual that isn't psychic, sensitive, or intuitive, the ability, even if it's 45 minutes, even if it's 45 minutes to finally say goodbye, to have, to have that connection, you know what? That's a great thing. That is mm -hmm. an astronomical thing that helps so many people, and that's what it's all about. Like Def that. Definitely, yeah, and and I can imagine, you know, as from a, from a personal perspective, how moving that would be as an experience to get to be able to do that just because a machine is hooked up to you. Mm -hmm. well, you know, one of the sweetest things that we've seen at the whole time that um, we had tested it was there was a young lady, and her grandmother, her grandmother raised her. Um, she. Her, her mother was, well, she was very, very, very young when her mother had And, you know, it's a grandma's great, but, you know, you're always going to have that longing for your mom. That's mm -hmm. just the way it is. That's human nature. You know, she was not allowed to go to the funeral, but you know that she described right down to the dress that her mother was wearing in the coffin. The coffin. Everything about it. And she was able to talk to her mother. And she broke down in tears. And, of course, I broke down in tears. Mm -hmm. But it said it really changed her life. And today, she's actually getting married. She's in college. She's a much happier person than she was. So was she aware of what was going on the whole time? I mean, let me, let me rephrase. Was she consciously aware um, was she present in the moment when it was happening, or was she unconscious? I guess well, is what I'm what trying to is, say. Think about being asleep mm -hmm. and having a dream. Right. Okay. Anytime you dream, you're definitely consciously aware. Any, your brain is always consciously mm -hmm. aware. Mm -hmm. But this is almost a suspended pattern. Right. Um, so it allows you to tune out the outside world and tune in 
to that ability that most psychic sensitive or intuitive have. Uh-huh. Um, is able then to be able to connect in a non-disrupted manner to people that they may have wanted to connect with. Okay, because what it sounds to me like what you're describing is an out-of-body experience. It is, but they're, I mean, they're pretty much, we pretty much put your brain, your right side of your brain to sleep. Now, we don't leave it asleep. We wake it up. I mean, I'm not like a mad scientist or anything. Right. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know we, we kind of put it to sleep. And so you have more of a conscious awareness when you're asleep. That's why a lot of psychiatrists, when they put you into a, into, um, a coma, or not a coma, a trance, or put you under, they're putting you in a, in a state of mind, a conscious state of mind. This yeah. is exactly, it's the exact same type of thing. It's a conscious state of mind. Um, just like hypnosis, just like um past life regression just like it's a conscious state of mind but we're actually being able to give them the ability that they may not have had in order to reach that goal that they needed to that was hindering per se okay does that make sense yeah it does actually yeah but yeah, I was just, you were describing it, and in my head I was thinking out-of-body experiences, I was thinking about remote viewing. Um, it's a suspended state of sleep. Yeah. It's actually the same thing as out-of-body experience. It is basically the same thing. Uh-huh. It's just more profound. Okay. And, and I kind of want to know how one signs up to be part of your study. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, we are, um, I think we're being booked at a couple of Paracons. Like I said, we don't ever, when we teach people to go and do forensics or when I do the mind machine, we don't charge because Mm -hmm. we don't believe in science. Science isn't about money. It's about veteran humanity. Yeah. Okay. So we take the very scientific approach on this. Um, now, if somebody wants to buy luminol, yeah, that's going to come out of your pocket because that stuff is not cheap. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. Period. I will get it for you, but it is not cheap. Um, but when it comes to anybody that wants to be on the machine, um, I, not, I want to help people reach that goal. And not only that, it gives me more data to input to my new machine, which is my first love in helping Alzheimer's victims. Mm-hmm. So with more data comes more knowledge, and with more knowledge, I'm able to achieve what my goal is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and on a personal note, uh, it's something that I would look forward to myself. Okay. Because my family, uh, Alzheimer's dementia, runs pretty rampant. So, and, and my wife's as well. So, you know, uh, if it betters 
that, and, you know, I'd look forward to something like that in the future in case, hey, it happens to me. Or your kids. Well, we're working very diligently on it. And Alzheimer's is also very close to me because my mother has onset the ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it is a horrible disease. It is. It's heart-wrenching, not just for the person, but for the family. Yes. So for the family. Because I think my life, it's so weird because I think I'm the only actual scientist in the field of the paranormal. And those two normally butt heads. But like, through this whole journey, I discovered, you know what? Science absolutely does. 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt proved the paranormal phenomenon exists. Right, mm -hmm. and the two are not mutually exclusive. So people seem to think no, of it like that way. absolutely not. It's just trying to get other people to step into the science side of things. Mm -hmm. So both fields can move in a forward progress. Well, yeah, yeah. You got me hooked. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> no, I but think it's fascinating. I think it is. Where are you guys located? Uh, we're in California. Oh, okay. Well, we have, um, we do have an old hospital from a very dear friend of ours, um, Tina, who Dana just passed away. God rest his soul. Um, very, very, very good people. Um, we are going down there this summer to help Tina. We're going to, FBI will be boost on the ground for her. We are going to 100% teach the forensic classes for free. We're going to put anybody and everybody who wants to go on the mine machine on the mine machine. And now, if you have seizure disorder and you flop like a fish, you will sign a waiver saying that's what you wanted. It's <laughs> not me said to be. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a seizure disorder, and I totally love to do this. But we're doing that. Um, we normally don't head to events and do it just because there's such a line that it takes us two and three days to get everybody yeah. even on it. I would imagine. Um, so what we do is this time we're doing it, and every penny is going to help Tina with burial costs and getting her family through this traumatic event that happened. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, yep. It's going to be a fun summer. Sounds like Sounds it. Sounds like and you're going to be if, very busy. If you're in our neck of the woods, we definitely look forward to coming and see you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I know that there is a, par a paranormal event that we were invited to in California. Northern, Southern, or uh, Central? Southern. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I have to look that up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to be fair in the answer, we're actually Northern California, so that's kind of what we oh, want to know. Between, between filming, doing casting calls, the science behind all the machines, the mortician work. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yep. She's a very busy girl. <laughs> You're not busy at all, though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so much not downtime. Free time, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and right now, and I want to promote this. Can I promote this on your show? Oh, please do. Sure, please, please do. do. Oh, yes, please. All my paranormal peeps out there, as you, if anybody that goes on my Facebook page, 
um, FCI installed, you will see a ton of casting calls. I have whether seen it be those, yeah. Normal shows, whether it be the new Black Panther movie casting right now for Atlanta, Georgia. These are some really big movies, you guys, mm -hmm. and this is a chance to get your team out there and let the world see what you have. Um, Hollywood Entertainment News is wanting spotlights on the paranormal, which is teams that have done something to help the paranormal field, to help others. They're spotlighting those, and that is a big magazine. That goes out all over America. Um, so please keep your eye on my page. Do not be afraid to go after one of these casting calls, you guys. Because let me tell you, if I would not have gone after my first casting call, I would not have done my TV show. So please don't be afraid. I want everybody to succeed. The only thing you have is they can tell you no. That's the worst thing they can do. And then you just try the other. So please keep an eye on my page. I want this year, 2022, to be the paranormal field year. I want everybody in this field to succeed. Sounds like something we could do if they're ever having them out here. Uh -uh. I'm a writer. I'm yep. used to rejection, so it's all good. <laughs> well, you know what? They, fly you. they fly you to destination and pay your food and pay your hotel and pay you. It's a mini paid vacation. Hey, I can go for that. Nothing cool. else. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we have so many going on, you guys. Mm -hmm. Please, please, please don't be afraid to go after me. I'll definitely check them out, and I invite our listeners to do the same. Definitely. Yes, I, I, I might have just added you on Facebook right now. Possibly. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Gee, okay. No, not at all. I can't do that because my phone is being used. But, but you will. We'll definitely check them out. Um. I think we're just about out of time here. Um, before we go, though, Carol, is there anything else you'd like to mention or uh, plug, or if you want to let people know how to get a hold of you? Um, best way because I am so busy, honestly. Um, best way to get a hold of me would be at um, FPI Unsolved Facebook page. I'm always on Facebook, like at least I check into it. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, please look for us where we are out there. We do still take on cases, but our cases have to be missing persons, presumed dead with paranormal activity. Um, we do take on cases. We never charge for anything, not for the mine machine, not for the school, nothing. Oh. Um, so you know, and please just, I want the paranormal field to know, you know, our classes, I would love everybody to join in because I really, truly believe that incorporating forensic science and science into the field of the paranormal is absolutely going to do nothing but better every aspect of both fields. Yes. Definitely. All right, Carol. Well, it's been great having you on. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for, for joining us tonight. And uh, this is awesome. I appreciate you having me. Great. Would you mind coming back on again sometime? 
absolutely not. And I would love to put her on the mind machine. I need more test victims. Test victims? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that. She's got two really victims right here. Or is it three? It might be three, but I don't know about the seizure situation as well. Have you ever had I, I mean, I, mean I, I wouldn't mind being yeah. a test victim. I mean, I have a wonderfully funky brain that, that you know, yeah, this, this, well, you'd have fun with my brain, I'm sure. <laughs> well, don't worry. If we break your brain, we do have doctors and nurses on staff. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, we're going to have to let you go, but pleasure having you on, Carol. Guys, you guys have a great evening. You, you too. too. Take you care. You as well. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Now that was probably one of the most fun, most fascinating, and intriguing interviews I've done in a while. What do you guys think? I can't wait to find out where in California she's coming. To. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if it's someplace else, we get a caravan somewhere. I I don't care if we have to share a Motel Six or something. Mm -hmm. We're going. Yep. And uh, Karma, if you're listening, I'm going to give you a heads up. Talking about Karma <laughs> Wild, our, our, our friend of the podcast. Karma's got an organization known as P4. She's been on the show to talk about. It. It's called Paranormal for the Lost and Missing. Um, or missing a loss. I get it. I get it mixed up. Um, but because Carol and Karma have the same interests in finding missing people and the paranormal and paranormal objects, find them both. Yeah, I've got, I've got Carol. I, I sent her your link, Karma, and she's going to try and get a hold of you and see if you guys can't mesh together in some way and see if you can't get some of those missing people back or find out exactly what's what going on with them find out what happened mm -hmm. and hopefully that'll work out great fingers crossed mm -hmm. fingers up yep, and, yep, yep. and i don't know if i'd want to get on the mind machine i do i, I, I have ADHD. I think I do. well I, I do i do but I'm i don't scared, but I, yeah I do. exactly still i'd probably give it a try and for a penny and I for mean, a penny. I, I have to give the, you know, I saw a paper because I have had seizures in the past, but mine are due to high intensity pain. Right. And she told us um, off the air that it's people with light sensitivity that have to worry about seizures, seizures more than anything else. Apparently there's a, there's a, it causes seizures. There's a light effect or something to do with this too. So I don't think that'd be a problem for me either. I, I mean, I've had seizures in the past, but that was being a dumb kid playing the knockout game. <laughs> have you had a seizure since? Not since. You probably don't have a seizure disorder. You'd probably be fine. Probably. I've never known you to have a seizure. But then again, your your kid your kid has seizures, so who knows? I mean, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. No, I think it more has to do with the mother. We'll leave it alone. That's another. <laughs> that's another thing to worry about and not talk about and not talk about. Right? You guys, you guys in 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 podcast world don't need to hear that. Nope. You know. Nope, so, nope, nope. so anyway, though, we hope you guys had uh, fun. Sorry, folks, was, I'm, 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 I'm sign languaging to Adri. And I'm not understanding. Do do a short. Definitely, you know, hyper eventful. And I hope so she comes back. Opening. Oh, yeah. I hope she comes back, too. And I hope.
hope she's got a lot more stories to tell. I mean, I'm she's got enough attachments going on with the with the haunted objects, objects. and everything. So I'm sure there's got to be a few more stories. Though. Oh, I'm sure she could she could write. We yeah. could use her for for several podcasts. And, and I'm sorry, I'm serious about that. CSI Paranormal: The Chronicles of Carol Malone. It sounds like a great TV show to me. It could be fun. Yes. <laughs> what she does is very. I find it very fascinating and. I know I was quiet through most of it, but I mean, I was listening mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I, I don't, didn't, I didn't have, I mean, the questions I had were addressed and I did bring them up, yep. but for the most part I was quiet, but I was paying, I was sitting there listening. I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, Whoa. And not just on there. I mean, we were taking our breaks off there. We were still talking about this stuff. You know, the funny thing is some of the stuff right before she said it popped into my head before she said mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff she talked <laughs> about, it was so weird. She's talking about, I, I, I was just, cause I pointed at him. I'm like right here. I'm like, yep. I was pointing at myself in my head and her at the same time. And, and so he knows what I'm talking about. I just yep. can't remember where. There was like wait, three instances. Oh, that's what those hand movements were for. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, did she see you? Adrian, her crazy sign language. Kent and his. Oh, I, saw, make sense. I saw Kent's hand flashing because we, we have a video screen open between us. We can have cues. And I'm like, why is Kent doing like a a, a go, go, what, what here? And I'm like, wait, wait, I just. <laughs> Sorry, Tracy. I didn't know you saw that. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm missing something. <laughs> oh well. well. Now that makes sense because you two were, were, you know, every time you were on the link or on the waves, like, yeah, there you go. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but, but just talking to her off the air was fascinating too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. We started we started to mesh and come up with ideas for experiments and things like that too. Um, the German experiment that we were talking about, where they weighed the body and there was a difference in the weight mm-hmm. be- between life and death. I suggested to her that maybe it should be done with haunted objects, objects with spirit exercise. attachment. If they if they can exercise the object, see if there's a noticeable shift in weight in the object itself as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she found that fascinating. I found it fascinating. I kind of was thinking about it in the back of my head when you were talking about the German experience. And she mm-hmm. talked about the objects. I'm like, can you really remove if the it, energy from an object? How would for, you do that? If, if What if an exorcism doesn't work on it? How well, would you do that? I don't know, but it just seems like a, like a logical step. And when me. you do remove uh-huh. the energy, where does it go? Could it go into something else? Or someone else. Or someone else? else? Exactly. Sorry, I'm just... Who weighs who weighs one point three ounces more the next day? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a feasible question. So, I'd like to see how, what happens it. with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I think we've talked on enough tonight. What do you think? Sure, why not? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and last thing I should say, if you guys saw our poster, I'm going to try and do those flyers a little more often for the podcast. I think no guarantees, though. No guarantees, but I think they look kind of nifty, and I'd like to keep doing them. And plus, it shows our faces, which I think is pretty cool. Now you guys know yeah. what we look like. Uh, I want to hide. <laughs> I want to hide from people. You ah. always want to hide. I don't like my photograph taken. I never have. I don't know why. Even when I was little, I didn't like having my photo taken. There were a couple pictures when I was really young, but I don't know. Halfway through grade school, I decided I didn't want pictures of me. Well, they're out there now. <laughs> yeah. I should never have let anybody take pictures of our wedding. It was your wedding photo. It was nice. It was a lovely picture of you. No. And Tracy was looking quite photogenic in hers. She does. So. I like her picture. I don't like my picture. Well, mine was taken by 
one of our, our cohorts, Dwight Taylor. I had a feeling it was Dwight. He does get to photography. And it was done in the old cemetery at Riverside Boulevard. Cool. It's part of a part of a shot for one of his shorts he put in. It's it's I'm the mother and I've been dead for a while. And uh, you see my picture in the back of the car as they go off, father and son go off on a hunting trip. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked enough. Um, folks, I hope, hope you had a great night. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Um, again, if you want to talk to us uh, and do this little uh story time call in stuff we're talking about just send me your information get a hold of us i'd love to have you on love to hear what you have to say in the meantime stay spooky and cue the gremlin What in the Podcast is a part of the What in the Podcast network and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other great podcast formats. You can find us on Facebook at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. If you have a great story idea or have a personal paranormal event that you want to share with us, email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com with your story, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us five stars. It doesn't seem like much, but it helps us more than you can imagine. What in the Podcast is also made possible thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. Thanks for listening.